0: So my name is Heather Wheeler and as Nat said I'm a family doctor and uh, for 19 years and I've been delivering babies and yes take care of babies but I take care of all spectrum of ages as family doctors we talk about taking care of people from cradle to grave so it's a real privilege being able to take care of all ages. So I work at the Bozeman Clinic and it's um, an amazing privilege because all the doctors there and our our manager, are believers, so that is just really, really special, but not all our staff are Christians because you can't discriminate in your hiring practices, so um, we have a good mix there, and obviously many of our patients are Christians because a lot of times Christians like to come see Christians, we like to hang out together, but um, obviously we have a lot of people who are not Christians as patients as well, so I feel like my workplace is kind of a good mix of what the real world is like. And the bottom line is, as you guys know, the real world is hurting and everybody needs Jesus Christ as Savior. So focus of my kind of time with you guys is going to be about being a missionary in the workplace, um, being the most important. And no matter where God puts you, how being a missionary is the most important. And obviously, as a doctor, I have an immense privilege to be able to have um, communication with people on a deeper level. They're coming to me with their medical problems and whatever. So naturally, it might be a little easier to have some topics of faith come up when you're talking about hard things in life and whatnot. And with my co-workers, um, I feel like I also can have opportunities to, to talk about things because I'm their boss, and so they're probably not going to say, Dr. Wheeler, quit talking to me about this because you know I pay their paychecks. So sometimes they're like an audience that they're going to listen to me for a second, uh, for better or for worse. But um, you know, I just want to encourage you that no matter what, I remember when I was a grocery store checker in high school or an ERA in college, um, there were plenty of opportunities to have conversations with co-workers who were struggling and having troubles and it could still be an encouragement. So obviously you can always be a light no matter what kind of job. If I'm scanning vegetables over the scanner, canned food, I can still be positive and be a light with that grumpy old guy coming through the, the checkout stand. And cause people to pause and say, why is she different? And so that's what you want. So when people do say, why is she different? Just as an encouragement, I want to remind you guys of 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So when you're a Christian, to be ready anytime. So we're going to chat for a little bit and then hopefully we'll have some time for just questions because I know you guys have been uh, probably listening to a ton of lecture type stuff and you're um, just wanting to maybe ask questions. But we're going to talk about um, seven goals as a Christian in the workplace. We're going to be talking about uh, reflecting Christ, being a fisher of men, using the Holy Spirit's wisdom, encouraging others with his word, uh, encouragement to invite people, pray with people, and then yourself abide with Christ. So the first one, Reflecting Christ, uh, from Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so, yeah, like I started to talk about, it's important to be able to reflect the light of Christ. But just one caution I want to give you guys. You know, as a Christian doctor, um, I often have patients coming in, and they're like, oh, Dr. Wheeler, I always love coming to see you. You're so kind. You make me feel better. How do you keep such a positive attitude? And it would be very tempting to take some of those Compliments yourself and go, Oh, yeah, I do do a pretty good job, don't I? And yet, obviously, no, try to reflect that back to the Lord. And it might just be when they give you a compliment, you know, just simply graciously saying thank you, but um, also perhaps use that as an opportunity to be able to bring up something to the Lord, like, Yeah, God is good, isn't He? Or thank you, it's a privilege to be a part of your care and see how God has provided. It's just a quick thing, you know, if you're in a business or something and they give you a compliment. It's been a privilege to be a part of your care and see how God has provided. You just let it go. And then I go, God, what? But it kind of left a little thought in your mind. Um, number two, be a fisher of men. <clears throat> so in the workplace, good to have intentional conversation. It's not just going to happen. Uh, and so throw out bait and see if you get a bite. Um, co-workers, clients, patients, everybody has difficult times. And so often I'll say with patients when I know they're having something hard or a co-worker, What sources of support do you have in your life? Do you have family, friends, faith? And faith is kind of that generic term that doesn't offend anybody. And it might give you a window into where they're at in their life. They may say, oh yeah, I go to the Lutheran church and da 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 da, or who knows what they're gonna say. But at least you might have a better idea of where they're coming from. But when they take the bait, what do you say? And so that brings the third thing. And I encourage you to use the Holy Spirit's wisdom. And so trusting in the Holy Spirit for the words to say, to pray constantly while you're interacting with that person, and he will give you the words. Mm -hmm. And so part from uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. And from Matthew 10, 19 through 20, and this in context is dealing with persecution, but I also think it's applicable. It says, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of the Father who speaks in you. And I have so many examples in my career of speaking with patients, or coworkers, for that matter, where I'll have thrown out the bait, they'll have said something, and then I'm like, okay, now Lord, what do I say? And I just do, I start praying, praying, like silently, obviously, Um, constantly like, Lord, where am I going to go with this? And sometimes um, the shade goes down and it's just clear that, okay, I said a couple of things, but they're not ready. Don't hit them over the head with the Bible or anything. Just stop and wait for another opportunity. Other times I'm totally amazed where the conversation ends up going. And I've had... Conversations with patients where I've given them the full gospel message and at the beginning of that conversation I had no idea I was going to be doing that and sometimes I'm like what on earth did I just say? What just (laughs) happened? And it's again because I truly think the Holy Spirit spoke rather than me speaking and it takes away that fear in my own self like what am I going to say? It's like I'm like Lord tell me what to say what should I say what should I say and then he gives the words. Uh, Number four is to encourage people with his word. So when you're dealing with co-workers, clients, whatever, I mean, a lot of times people have depression, Um, encouraging them to read the Psalms is a good place to deal with depression, as you guys know, you know, if they're trying to seek wisdom, Proverbs has so many areas for wisdom, and then I think a ready reference is a good thing for people who don't know about scripture, and the reason I say this is... um, When I was in college, I was struggling at one point with anxiety and I'd been a Christian as a young gal, but hadn't been encouraged in reading God's word. And I was like, why do you have to read that dusty Bible on the shelf? And at a hard time of anxiety, I went to my ready reference in the back of the Bible and saw all the verses about anxiety. And one that I saw was first Peter five, seven, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And I was just like, wow, I know he's my savior and all, but he cares for me cares for me and it just encouraged me to want to read more of God's Word and I developed a love for God's Word and wanted to read the whole Bible and whatnot but obviously with nonbelievers they don't know where to start with God's Word they're like do I start in Genesis where do I go and ready references I think can have uh, their flaws obviously sometimes things can be taken out of context and whatnot but it's a starting place for people and so I have a co-worker who was really struggling with anxiety And I was able to bring her into my office and we privately prayed and I gave her this ready reference that had all these verses about anxiety, similar to what I had done years ago. And she was like, oh, this is going to be so good. I'm excited to go home tonight and read this. And who knows? I don't know exactly where she's at now, but I'm hoping she's reading more of God's word than just that ready reference. So having those, encouraging people, because obviously we can say so much, but it's God's words that matter more. Mm And then number five, invite. So don't be in, afraid to invite people to church or Bible study. And um, it may be that you know, you've know you planted a seed or just said, I'll be praying for you or something like that, but you just don't have the opportunity to have more conversation or um, you know, you're know, you like, I can't share the whole gospel with them. Invite them to church and let Pastor Brian take up where you left off or maybe they'll meet somebody else there who can encourage them. And so oftentimes I'll just say, um, Yeah, I go to Grace Bible. You're welcome to come there anytime. It's kind of a big church, but sometimes that's nice because then you can be um, anonymous there and kind of figure out if you like it before you meet somebody. And if you want to get involved, there's small groups. And I just kind of let it go. So many people want to be invited. And I've sat in Grace uh, for a Bozeman High Jazz concert, and I've heard people go, this is a nice building. I always wondered what it looked like in here. And we've invited kids to Vacation Bible School and their parents came later and they're like, yeah, I always wondered what door you went in with this big church. People are just wanting, they're curious, they drive by on 19th and they're just wanting somebody to say, come to my church. Sometimes people think they need an invitation and we're all like, you don't need an invitation, just come. But, (laughs) you know, invite them. So if you're in yourself, that's a simple thing. If they're going through something hard, you can just say, hey, I don't know about you, but I have hard stuff in my life. I couldn't do it without my faith. I go to Grace Bible. You're welcome to come there anytime. Um, And I have an example of this. I had an OB patient, pregnant patient, who was having a difficult pregnancy. And uh, in the end, the Lord just really protected her and protected her baby. And uh, I had asked her, you know, is there any aspect of faith in your life? And she's like, no, I don't really go for that stuff. And I just simply said something like, wow, well, You might not be going for that stuff, but God is going for you because I'm a Christian and I've seen some amazing God sightings here where he's really protected you and your baby and just left it at that. I think she must have known enough about me or the clinic. I didn't say anything about inviting her to church, but I've seen her at Grace three times now. (laughs) And so you just never know what simple little thing you say might have an impact. Um, And then the sixth thing, uh, pray with people. And so you can just... uh, you know, say, I don't want to offend you, but I would love to pray for you. I can pray on my own, or I would love to pray with you right now. And I think praying right now is so impactful. And part of that is when I was in a college Sunday school class, I grew up with a Christian mom, but for whatever reason, she didn't pray out loud with me very often. And so I was in the Sunday school class where you guys probably do this all the time, go around, share your prayer requests. And they prayed right then and there for my prayer request. And I was like, Um, And so think of all the non-Christian people in your spheres of influence who've never had anybody verbally pray for them. And so I have another patient that comes to mind. I had been taking care of her for years. I knew she didn't have any aspect of Christianity or faith in her life. But she came in for a physical and she was depressed and she was sad because her husband had just lost his job. And so I said, you know, I'd love to um, pray with you as a Christian. I would love to pray for you and your husband that he finds a job. Uh, But I don't want to offend you. Would you be okay with that? She's like, sure, you can pray for me. So, prayed. A couple weeks later, when my nurse was calling about lab results or something, she said, my husband got a job, and it's because Dr. Wheeler prayed. Now, we know it wasn't because I prayed. It's because God is powerful, and he was so gracious to answer her prayer. Um, But it planted a seed, hopefully, in her mind that God is powerful, and we just... To him, and um, he answered in such a good way. So, um, <clears throat> just an encouragement to, and I will tell you, I've offered to pray with people so many times. I've only been turned down in my 19 years, probably five times. So, so often people are willing to pray. And then the seventh thing is abide with Christ. And so, from John 15, 4, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And just the summary, the bottom line with all of this, you cannot be a missionary in your workplace and have an impact for Christ, whether it's inviting people, praying with people, throwing out bait, unless you are abiding in the Lord yourself. And so just having that day-by-day day relationship with Christ and allowing Him to work in your life so that you can overflow that to others. Because in your own strength, you will fail. So, All right, did I make the 20-minute time? Okay. So what questions do you guys have? How does this apply or Anything you can see in your classes or your work? You might be all questioned out. I don't blame you. So I'm a medical assistant at a dermatology clinic. And I'm sure you know just like with the busyness of patients, like we're seeing a patient every 15 minutes. So how do you best balance time with coworkers? Right, and that is such a good question, because um, you want to keep up that reflection of Christ, and part of that um, is working heartily as unto the Lord and being a good worker. And so, you know, if you're constantly chatting with co-workers about the Lord and not getting patience back and yeah. doing your job, that's not going to be a good witness. So you want to be consistent in your character and be a hard worker, be trustworthy, be efficient, be calm, all of those things but you can still throw out little snippets like if a co-worker's saying oh man my husband and i might be divorcing i was like oh my goodness that is so difficult i'll be praying for you you obviously don't have time to write then and there have a counseling session when you need to be getting people back Mm -hmm. um, into the office for their dermatology appointments but i know that might sound trite i'm praying for you but it opens that little window of she's praying i wonder what church she goes to or maybe later you can have a conversation maybe over the noon hour where you'd give up your, your own time and having lunch and you could actually talk together, or at the company picnic or whatever. And so it's easy to just have little seed planters out there and then you know maybe at five when you're both leaving the office and you talk in the parking lot for 15 minutes about it. So, but you don't wanna um, be so busy handing out tracks and trying to save everybody that you're not doing a good job <laughs> in your workplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in your prayer, when you're praying with um, somebody who's never prayed before, do you, um, there are times where you're just sort of not ignoring their requests, but looking at their heart and just praying for them as a person, you know, as opposed to being like, God, give them what they need here, and, and more so just praying and, and showing them that you care for them and that might come later, but it's, you know, like, is there a, um, a guideline maybe that you have? Yeah. you're exactly right, because we don't want God to just be a genie, or it's like, give your husband a job. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, and especially for me with diseases, this is easier than maybe that example I gave, where, you know, oftentimes I'll just pray with them and say, you know, Lord, we humbly ask if it's your will that you would heal them of this disease. Um, but if not, I just pray that you would provide strength and comfort and whatever Susan needs to get through this difficult time. And, you know, genuinely showing through your prayer that you care for them and that God cares for them. But being careful, too, to not use so much churchy language that then they're like, whoa. Like, if you're like, and we just pray that she would be saved and that she would come to your throne and repent of her sin, and it's like that might be too much in the first prayer. But if you're just gen- genuinely like, gets a job and that you would provide for their needs if he doesn't get a job and that you would just show yourself and that you care and about to die. in simple language with the heart of genuineness yeah and you don't have to have the right words to pray either I mean it's just talking to God right and I think that's good for people to hear too because there maybe their one experience is watching something on TV where it was all this these and those and it was like a scripted prayer or whatever and if they're like, I can just talk to God, wow. So don't worry about how you're gonna say it or saying the right words, just talk to God, you know? Is this all a repeat of everything you've done at this conference the whole time? <laughs> because you're the same thing over and over <laughs> So I guess this isn't necessarily super related to what you just talked about, but how do, um, you know, having been able to spend a lot of time with your kids, I was wondering how you and your uh, husband balance being involved, like ministering to people at work and in other places at the same time as, um, you know, discipling your kids and really investing in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's not very related, but I was just, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I think it just, again, goes back to abiding in Christ and just, uh, trying to discern, be wise and discerning what he has you do in ministry. And for me, um, You know, everybody's different, but I feel like the Lord has called me to be a doctor and to be able to minister in that way. But yeah, it takes a very special person to be married to to deal with that because some husbands would not want to have a wife who's a doctor. So my husband has been very supportive and mainly because he sees my job as a ministry. If it was just for money, he wouldn't want me to work. He'd want me to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. That when he sees that my job has more than just an income and granted it's nice to have money to pay the bills and whatever but um when he sees there's more of an eternal perspective to my job it's easy for him to get behind it and support it so we've been able to work it out through the lord's grace to kind of share who's home with the kids and who works Uh, and that's going to look different for every family but um as matt alluded to this summer, I'm going to stop delivering babies. I'm going to slice that part out of my practice of being a doctor. And part of that is after four months last year of intensive prayer and trying to seek the Lord's will, and the Lord made it clear that I needed to stop that aspect because that was starting to take too much time away from my husband and family, uh, where I might have to leave leave my own kid's birthday party to go deliver somebody else's baby. And so... um, I was really convicted of the Proverbs 31 woman. She works hard. And so I think it's fine for women to work personally. She works hard, but she also does so to the honor of her husband in the court or whatever. And so if there's ever anything as a woman where you're working so hard that your husband's left in the dust, that's not honoring to the Lord. So just trying to um, constantly seek the Lord for balance in that and I feel like thus far he's provided for that, where. My focus is the Lord first, and then my husband, and then my kids, and then my job. But sometimes it can easily get skewed, so you have to constantly be reevaluating and trusting in the Lord to help with that. Yeah. And admittedly, there was, where my husband's like, "Uh, I'm not so sure you should be doing OB anymore. And it's like, at first, it was kind of like, but that's my ministry. And then it's like, no, I need to be a wife and mother first, and then I can still be a doctor and not deliver everybody's baby in town. That answer that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's different for everybody. There might not be that balance issue as much for guys stereotypically, but it is challenging for women. And I will say, the best job there is is being a mom. So um, I was so career focused as a young gal and I still am thankful I'm a doctor, but if I had to choose between being a mom and a doctor, I would quit being a doctor any day. So you know the mom's best job. Four. How old are they? They are 16, 14, 12, and 9. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. With whatever job you do, there can always be somebody else to be somebody's doctor or be somebody's grocery store checker or be somebody's professor or be somebody's teacher or whatever, but um, there's only one person to be there. Are you guys struggling with that? Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I'm in the boiling river right here. the juggling act of the two is challenging. Um, the hardest part of my job, sometimes for me personally, the long hours, but more so, um, a hard thing is when you see that somebody is spiritually sick and it's not just Physical, they keep coming to you and they think there's something wrong physically and whatever and you see they're spiritually sick and you try to plant the seeds and throw the hate and all of those things and yet they just will not surrender and come to the Lord. That is really hard when you know they're suicidal and they've been on 20 antidepressants and none of them are working because it's not a physical problem and sometimes it is. Sometimes antidepressants are necessary and they work. For example, but if somebody, you just know it's because they need the Lord and it's a spiritual problem and you can't shake them and be like, you're okay, Jesus! It's not going to happen in my timing. It's the Lord's timing. But sometimes I can get discouraged with the timing when you see that that's the answer and yet they're blind and they can't see it. That's hard. It's really hard. And it's hard with uh, just diseases that I see and hard to watch some of the hard things people have to go through. But that's also the privilege time where it's good to be able to be in the trenches with them and hopefully point them to the Lord for the trial. Is anybody here medical? Oh, okay, thanks. Oh yeah, you are, of course. <laughs> course do <didn't> talk. <laughs> yeah. I hope it applies to no matter what you're doing, you know, just ways to start conversations with people you're working with. And again, it gets back to the Holy Spirit wisdom, because sometimes it might not be appropriate in certain settings to say something, and it would just be better to show your character and not not say a word. Answer more questions, but if you just want to have a break and talk. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming and doing this. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. welcome. Are there quite a variety of things that. Dr. Ahmet, Mr. Grubb, and Mrs. Moore have talked about Yeah. perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the same themes, but sort of in different practical ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just my yeah, church well. right? is I love my But Drew still has um, mm-hmm. two and a half years left. Year. So, depending on how it's done, we so could do the and Oh, yeah, he'll be Oops. Oops. Is like acting on No, it was No. part-time mm-hmm. no. no. really oh, yeah. yeah. just mm-hmm. that, both being mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. like in the valley, now, like where we live. Especially since my career, be <this> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know in <laughs> no, the field. Yours is like most There's still a lot of situations where people come in to uh, a writing tutoring session and they talk about like, how hard so, I mean, the assignment is, and I see them they're like, Teary-eyed, and learning about how to go to college and rest in the world. So it's good to have a lot of practical tips about how plant seeds mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Because yeah. so you do see things mm-hmm. the academic side. Well, Dr. Sonnenberg, McLaughlin, Roberts, Ramsey, Dr. Mitchell, six others besides myself. And you guys are in? We're not affiliated with the, the hospital. We do take care of patients at the hospital, okay. but we're not owned by them. Okay. And we're just our own clinic and we rent space up okay. in the hospital That's complex. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, just one other thought guys that um, just chatting with Ellie brought to my mind. Um, <coughs> Your job being a ministry just gives your job so much more um, value just because there's times in your career where you're going to hate your job and you're going to be like, I have to go to work and da. but if there's something bigger than just your responsibility and paycheck and whatever, there's that coworker that you've been praying for, or there's that um, employee that Is really struggling, and you had a conversation with them about something, or you invited them to church. That just makes going to your job so much more fulfilling. So when your life can be a ministry rather than just have to.